0: welcome to hey you got this podcast oh my god i thought i'd like said it wrong okay
1: we're all brain this. dead right now you got this hey you got this <laughs> we, can do, we can do hard things lizzie <laughs> we can okay welcome to hey you got this podcast i am stacia and I'm Lizzie, and we are your hosts in all things wellness, weirdness, and today we are going to be talking about veganism. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to diving deep into this topic
0: with Lizzie, who is quite an expert on this after, what, seven years of Yeah, veganism? it was like
1: just shy of seven years. So I, I like feel like I'm an expert. I feel like there's a lot of people who are vegan for like two months. Like, I think that's pretty common. And then they're like, I'm an expert. And I'm like, guys, I basically have a PhD in being vegan, so. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm definitely the opposite of that. I'm like, I think I tried it for two days
1: once and was like, nope.
0: Not yeah, for it's pretty either. hard. I mean, it's
1: like anything you just have to like power through and it slowly starts to get easier, but it's definitely not for everyone.
0: Yeah. And I think that you have such an interesting insight because I really do think that you are going to be able to shed some light on the good, the bad and the ugly
1: of That's what, I'm what here it for. was like
0: being vegan.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's like, uh, I mean, there's so many different facets of it and I, I was prepping for this today. Um, and there's like so many different types of vegans. It's it's a very interesting world.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, I feel like uh, a good place to start can be just telling, uh, oh man, and now I don't know. I'm like, either start... Why you decided... Okay, yeah. Let's start there. Okay. Because okay. I had a new question that I want to ask, but I don't know why. i was I'm like i excited. I just want to know it all. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> okay. So how did you get into being vegan? What was mm. it that made you make that decision and that choice?
1: Very good question. So... I was always kind of interested in being vegan. Like I felt like it was just something that like came up a lot, and I like always wanted to know more. Like I, I knew people that were vegan, and I felt like I was always asking them questions. And then, as I've talked about many an episode, I was a college athlete, and when you are an athlete, and especially endurance sports, I feel like you really begin to notice like when you feel good and when you don't feel good. So just from you know, rowing rowing, and like running and swimming are very similar in that like you just do them for a really long time, which is why they're endurance sports. And I, I started to notice really quickly, like, oh, if I eat, you know, like a salad or something before practice, they feel a lot better than when I eat like the college student that I was. And so I just became more and more aware of my nutrition. And also around this time, again, as I've mentioned, my mom was really sick and then passed away. And so I started just becoming sort of obsessed, which I think is very normal when you have a loved one die, just of like preventative measures that I could be taking. And so I kept coming back to veganism, just kind of kept popping up in all these like anti anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory diets. And then I think the kicker with all of this is when I was thinking about really wanting to be vegan, um, I also just happened to be in a food ethics class at dun, Gonzaga. Don don don. And like, if you're like on the fence about being vegan and then you have to watch like, slaughterhouse documentaries every day in class, it will for sure like propel you to be vegan. So it was kind of just the perfect storm. And I'd been thinking about it for a really long time. So would you say it was like a combination of ethical as well as totally. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. It definitely was like health related for me. And I also think as somebody with a history of eating disorders, it's like very comfortable to have food rules, but I was doing it more from a place of like, oh, this is really healthy and it's really good for you. So it definitely started like just from the health perspective. I wasn't a huge animal person at that time, but then like as I was getting into it, I was also starting to see all of this stuff about like animal rights and having to watch these documentaries in class all the time. So I was like, you know what? Just throw the animal thing in too. Mm -hmm. That definitely helped a ton. And then I have mentioned this before. I'm a pretty extreme person. And I also knew that I needed like the social pressure to stick to it. So I told (laughs) all my friends and then it was my like, new year's resolution in the year 2011, which now feels like a lifetime ago. But so I like started it January 1st. Yeah. Cause
0: I feel like when you say like you need the social pressure, I just instantly think of your Enneagram type three, the achiever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, the world knows now I must achieve being vegan.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I definitely felt like I had something to prove. And also, you know, when my friends heard, especially in college that I was going vegan, everyone was like, you're not going to be able to do this. And so I felt like I just was like, screw you, I am going to do it. So it was I'll all show of you. these different things. Yeah, all of these different things tied together. And I, I know, Stacia, I've told you this story, but I'll never forget like January 1st, 2011. I was like 30 in the morning. I was super drunk because I was a 20 year old college student. And my friends and I were at Pita Pit. And I just remember being like, fuck, I am supposed to be vegan now. It's like January 1st. And just like being drunk, trying to figure out what to order at Pita Pit and all of that. It just was like such a shit show. So
0: <laughs> yay, Pita pit that was like we love
1: you in college oh my god same I remember there was one so close to my dorm freshman year and I was just like why has no one ever told me about this before this is the best place ever but then it's
0: funny because I can't remember the last time I had pita pit no, it was in college. Like, yeah,
1: it's,
0: it's like a much rule. Just fuels college kids, yeah, you like don't. But I,
1: I feel like it's like kind of healthy too. Like you're yeah. like, oh, I'm like eating really healthy. I don't know. I love you, Peter Pitt. Sponsor yeah. us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we miss you. Which, speaking of food, then something I'm curious about was what did like a typical day of eating look like for you? And I know it Oof. kind of switched. Sometimes you were more extreme than others, but yeah, just kind of walk us through what that looked like.
1: Yeah. So when I started being vegan, I was really lucky because I was in college and I had a meal plan. <laughs> um, so I didn't have to like buy groceries, which I think was really helpful because I had, you know, it made it a lot easier as there was just like this array of food available to me. So I would have, I remember for lunch, I would have like a giant salad with just like a ton of tofu, like my, the salad bar at my college, which I feel like every college does just had like chunks of like raw tofu. and I would just eat that like there was no tomorrow with a bunch of veggies and for breakfast I think I would have like a bunch of peanut butter and like some vegan protein powder or like a vegan protein bar I was getting up again like super super early so it was always just sort of like eat whatever is convenient and then our meal plan or our our dining hall did have like I remember they always had like one vegan option for dinner so it might be like a black bean burger or like quinoa Mm -hmm. or something you know I started to get really into that but That was kind of how it started. I remember just eating so much hummus and like I still do but I just remember like I went hard on the hummus
0: I have a friend who's a vegetarian and I'm pretty sure the only thing she eats is hummus
1: yeah I mean it's like I still love hummus like it's so good but I just remember especially in college just getting like gobs and gobs of it and putting it on everything because I didn't know a ton about nutrition but I knew that it was like good for me whatever that means so yeah I ate a lot a lot of hummus Um, and then I remember like my senior year when I didn't live on campus just having so much pasta <laughs> which like, <laughs> like pasta vegan cream cheese which is just like chemicals and like marinara <laughs> sauce that was my like go-to meal
0: and then there was a point too though where you were not having olive oil and you were eating raw food yeah a time where you got a little bit more extreme with what you were eating
1: yeah so that was a couple years later so in college you know I was just like really figuring out like how to be vegan and what I could eat and also what i I could afford. So it was a lot of like really, really simple meals. And then a couple years after, you know, I was living by myself. I was working at Amazon. So I was making like pretty good money. I worked right next to a Whole Foods, which is just like dangerous for anybody. But especially <laughs> when you're vegan, you're like, oh, I can eat all of the things. And so here's where like veganism took a turn for me as I was really into the yoga space at this time and really into the vegan community online, which we'll dive into. There's so mm-hmm. many different facets to it. But I started getting really obsessive about like, oh, oils, not good for you. soy Soys, not good for you. You know, and all these things that definitely you don't want to be just like chugging a gallon of olive oil every day. But I took it really extreme. And so I yeah. stopped having oil. I stopped having any sort of like refined sugar. I didn't have any grains. So like quinoa, rice, like stuff that's normally really healthy for you. And so I basically was just... Like having juice, and yeah, I have like, what? What is there left to eat? <laughs> I know when I think about it now, I'm like, girl, what were you eating? I would have juice. I would have a smoothie. I remember that I had like raw vegan protein powder that tasted just like dirty chalk. But yeah, I would like, like put like it in a death. yeah. It tasted so <laughs> gross, but I would like put it in a smoothie with like chia seeds and like fruit. So you know, some things of it were really healthy, and then I would have a. Bunch of kale for lunch with like this really lame dressing that I would make that had like no oil or anything. I ate still a lot of hummus. I would like make my own hummus. Yeah. And I I, I got really intense. I got I definitely got really into like the raw vegan lifestyle, Mm -hmm. which means you don't eat anything that's been cooked and then you don't have anything that's like basically been altered at all. So it was a lot of chopped veggies with an avocado on top, veggies with like raw nuts or like you can make like nut cheese, which is a gross snake. For food, I know Dan, <laughs> my husband would always be like, not oh cheese, huh? It, that's so gross. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely got really extreme and it wasn't, you know, I can reflect back now, it, it, that part was not coming from a place of health. It was coming from, I was so stressed out in my job at Amazon. I hadn't started seeing like a psychiatrist or a therapist at all. I wasn't taking antidepressants. And so I absolutely was using it as a, as a coping mechanism for all of the stress and depression that I had in my life. Not that there's anything wrong with juicing, but if you're like juicing to not feel your problems. Maybe you should, look, maybe you should look at that. So
0: yeah, it's not just alcohol that you can do that with, you can do that you with can juice do it with too. It. Yeah, guys,
1: it's so cool. You can use anything in an unhealthy way. It's just awesome. Um, but yeah, it definitely started getting just like so extreme and it wasn't coming from a place of health. It was just coming from like, I was really stressed out and I wanted to control things. And then in, on Instagram as station, I know there are these very intense health communities and I sort of like accidentally fell into the rock vegan Instagram community that's just like so hardcore and it just kind of spiraled from there.
0: Yeah. And do you feel like when you were more extreme, like when you're doing more of the raw, like were you feeling better? Because I know in the beginning you had a lot of positive and awesome things from making that choice and you were feeling really good about it but absolutely I'm just curious if uh, there was a point where it became not energizing and uh, more of like a drag exhausting
1: yeah I remember the first couple of days that I was like fully raw vegan feeling honestly really great like I would wake up before my alarm clock which as wow. a just a sleepy <laughs> girl was like pretty crazy for me I you know I didn't have any bloating I didn't have any brain fog like there are a lot of things that like our traditional standard american diet which the acronym is sad which i think is really funny uh the sad diet like you know it's not great for your headspace and so i did feel really good but then it just started being when you are a raw vegan You have to eat so much all the time to get enough calories. Like think about just how much kale you would have to eat to eat like the same amount of calories in like a sandwich. Like it's insane. And that part got really exhausting. And I did, I started to feel really tired. I remember at this time also I was like biking to and from work and it was really hot out. So I just started to feel like a zombie all the time. And really like the most exhausting part was the social aspect. Like I had to plan everything like what I ate before, where we were going. I would like look at the menu. And that part of it is just like, that's that's no way to live. If you have like celiac disease or like a legitimate medical condition where you have to do that, great. But if it's self-imposed, it's just, it gets so ridiculous. And it was just well, like so much. So much energy exhausting. has to
0: go into that and you only have yeah. a limited amount of energy. So when you're spending it obsessing <laughs> about what to eat, when to eat and where to eat and knowing that your options are limited, that would be extremely exhausting.
1: Yeah, it was exhausting. And I definitely like, it was my whole identity. Like my identity was like, I'm Lizzie, I am vegan and I do yoga all the time. And like, you know, when you just, when you're raw vegan, like you look great. Like my ass were visible. I had like no inflammation, no like bloating anywhere, but I also felt like garbage. So emotionally. So like how great (laughs) is that for you?
0: So would you say... I feel like we've kind of already dived into this question That's okay. and, and it's answered itself, but just about what was the hardest part? It would you say was like throughout it? Cause I know being raw vegan mm-hmm. obviously required a little bit more energy and effort and thought into what you were eating. Yeah, but Were there other parts of it throughout your journey that were difficult for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I really think the hardest part, like overall, if I had to choose one thing about being vegan was just other people. Like, you know, there were There were parts where I was vegan from a really healthy place emotionally and mentally and it was something that I really believed in but it's it's hard to anytime you do anything alternative or outside the norm you're going to hear a lot from other people like station I have talked about that in regards to drinking in our sober mm-hmm. curious episode and people often when you're doing something for yourself in regards to health other people get really threatened by it because they think somehow it means you're saying that they're not healthy and mm-hmm. the amount of conversations that I had with people that like I hadn't even started because i, I really really Tried to not tell people that I was vegan outside of my like vegan Instagram. So you were like totally against the stereotype.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: really tried to be like, I knew that was a stereotype. And I really tried to be like, I'm going to be the vegan that doesn't do that. But like, <laughs> that was honestly the most exhausting part. Like, I remember I was at a wedding and there was a guy who was a dairy farmer and he like found out that I was vegan and just, I wouldn't took say he personally. Berate- <laughs> yeah, he took it really personally. I wouldn't say he berated me, but he just like peppered me with questions. And I remember being at like a party at my in-law's house. And there was a guy there who just like would not shut up about like, are you getting enough protein? And there's like a meme that's just circles around and it can be related to all of these different things. But it was like the second you're vegan, everybody has like a degree in nutrition. And that was the <laughs> hardest part is all of these people being like, are you healthy? And me being like, dude, you just are like slamming hamburgers all the time. Like, who are you to tell me, you know, and what such I'm eating? that's a good eating. point. I feel like yeah. people,
0: the second somebody does something, that's against the norm it's oh my gosh I have permission now to judge all of your choices totally. and it's like I'm not sitting here judging your choices like uh, you want me to sit
1: here and be like oh you're really going to eat that meat hmm do you know right. what had to happen for you to eat that meat? exactly hmm. well and I think you and I Stacia like deal with this a lot because you know sometimes I mean not that I've been in a social setting for months but <laughs> back pre-quarantine if I would be somewhere and someone would offer me a drink and I'd be like oh no thanks I don't drink people would be like well I don't have a drinking problem and I'd be like I literally Really never said you did. I just like <laughs> don't personally prefer to drink right now, just for like how it makes me feel. Like I prefer it without it. But it, it was very interesting. Like and now I also think I'm older and station. I have done a lot more like mindfulness work. We're so wi- we're like we, we're wise AF. I basically have reached nirvana. And, like I'm I just basically so woke. am enlightened. So <laughs> Namaste. Um, no, but like I definitely can understand like what other people were doing a lot more from like their. Headspace now, but it, it was like that part is so exhausting, and it's well to
0: be able to, to have to defend your choices constantly, like yeah, all the time my back.
1: Uh, and if I was like constantly bringing it up, I would be like, yeah, you know, I like did this to myself. But it was just like I would be places, and people would be like, "Cestacia so told me you're vegan," and I'd just be like, "Here, here we comes. go again." Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many facets of the vegan, you know, of veganism and the vegan community that it, it's just hard to, you know, when I think I think when you do anything alternative you start to be seen sort of as like a spokesperson for that community and I felt like I had this pressure as like a 23 year old to be like a spokesperson for all people that were vegan and I like didn't want to be I just wanted to like enjoy being vegan myself and Mm -hmm. that part was really hard is to always have to be like explaining or someone would be like well my friend's a vegan and like she just eats 20 bananas a day and I would be like okay like I don't do that so I don't know what to tell you it was just it was really exhausting.
0: Well, I think you make a good point because I think there's this, it's this weird phenomenon, like human beings love labels. And so to be able to label you as a vegan, then we can make it easier for ourselves to understand you and put you into this category of, of, oh, vegans do this, this, and this. And then it's always going to be limited to our experience with that One hundred percent. if you only know vegans that only eat bananas, you're gonna be like, oh, I heard like, is that what you do? Yeah. Are you a banana addict? (laughs) Yeah, it's like there's a little bit more variance in it, but it's just interesting how people like to create labels to categorize people and like make themselves more comfortable. Yeah,
1: and I think you brought up a really good point that I've realized about myself since stopping being vegan is a lot of people really like having a label on how they eat or Mm -hmm. how they work out, like especially women. And it's been really, really challenging for me and I've had to work through it a lot to not have a label on how I eat and to not give Mm -hmm. myself a label because I realize that that's very comforting to me, but it also never leads to a good place. And I think that's really, really common for women. There's actually this whole book about it called Beautiful Bodies that I highly recommend you guys read if you have not already. But it's basically just about how this one woman tried, like realized she didn't know how to eat without having a label on her eating and how she like navigated that. And I think that can also happen with like working out. You know, you can be like, I'm a yogi and I do a million yoga classes a day and this is my thing. But it's like, oh, no, but what if I want to lift weights? I don't know. I think there's a lot to unpack there. There definitely
0: is, because I was doing some research and reading. And I do think that when you say like being able to label how you eat is can kind of be like a mask or an excuse to hide disordered eating habits and that veganism can also be like you said like when you go into it from a healthy place but that it can turn into something that just becomes a way to control what you're eating because you'd be like oh like i don't have to eat that now because now that i am labeled vegan like i have the excuse to restrict and deprive myself of certain foods and call it, it like have it be named healthy
1: because i'm a vegan absolutely Yeah, totally. No, I think that's, that's such a thing.
0: Do you feel like, uh, in reflecting on your seven years as a vegan and yeah, Mm. we're going to get deep here, uh, (laughs) that it was, uh, that there were points where it was definitely borderline eating disorder or where it became like
1: an unhealthy obsession Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think even if you look back at like me starting being vegan, I started being vegan a couple months after my mom died and I poured everything I had, like all of my energy, all of my extra energy into like learning about being vegan, learning about Mm -hmm. food. And I think that that was absolutely a coping mechanism. And I don't think that it was all bad because I learned a lot of really good information. Mm -hmm. But now I look back and I can see times where I was like, For example, when I went raw vegan, I hated my job. I was so stressed out. I worked 80 hours a week. I would cry at work. I, you know, and my whole team did. It wasn't just me. Like everybody was so stressed. And so the way that I dealt with it, rather than like talking about my feelings, was Uh I became raw vegan. And I can also look at other times when I was vegan, where I would be really stressed out about something or going through something really hard and I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to be vegan and not eat gluten for the month or I'm going to be vegan and not have alcohol. And it was never coming from like a place of balance. It was always coming from my own like disordered eating kind of bubbling up but that would be how I I would be like oh I'm being really healthy because I'm doing xyz now versus like working through my problems
0: (laughs) yeah and I think you bring up a really good point that as it seemed like as your life became more out of control you reached for your food rules to give you a sense
1: of control Mm. That's such a good point. Yeah, no, I absolutely did. Like, I just got, I got so intense about it, and it's so funny because at the time, I really didn't realize what I was doing. I didn't realize that it was like disordery, and I also think, I think it would be easy to listen to this podcast and hear me talking about all of those things and assume that I was like very, very thin while all of this was happening, and I was like very much had a normal body even when, I mean, when I was raw vegan, I was like pretty lean. But I wasn't necessarily really underweight. So it didn't really present itself as I think often when people hear about disordered eating or an eating disorder, they think of someone being very underweight or having a very rapid weight loss. And the way I've seen my own disordered eating show up is like, I might not lose a ton of weight, but I know that I have like a lot of crazy restrictions Mm -hmm. on my food. And so... You know, I think that's important to point out too, as I was doing all of this stuff and I didn't necessarily look a ton different.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a good point that you can't just, well, I mean, first of all, PSA, there is no reason to assume anything about anybody's health based on what they look like. Yup, so true. We live in a society where it's like, oh, thin equals healthy. (laughs) And the only way you would have an eating disorder is if you look emaciated and underfed and- it's actually a much deeper, itch, like issue than that, and yeah. I think. You made a really good point in a previous episode that you introduced a term to me that I had never heard of because I was like, oh, I've never had an eating disorder. Like (laughs) I tried to be anorexic. I tried those things. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this thing called orthorexia. And I was like, wait, hold up. (laughs) Like, okay, I feel called out now. (laughs) And so I think that things like veganism can often be a form of orthorexia, whereas I'm probably going to butcher the definition of it. So maybe you can help me out. But like, what, what, what do you define orthorexia is?
1: So orthorexia is an obsession with healthy eating, which I feel like most women, I mean, and men, I'm sure, but like our stationized thing is like wellness for women have probably had at some point or seen themselves going down that road. And it's kind of like, there's a really great article I'll try to find to link in the show notes, but it's basically like when orthorexia first was like announced to the public because it's a pretty new term. And it was just this doctor was seeing all of these people who, yeah, weren't anorexic, weren't bulimic, but were like so obsessed with like good foods and bad foods. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's orthorexia presents in really different ways. Like everybody has like different foods that they see as good or bad. Or some people it'll be like, I only eat these foods at these times. But yeah, orthorexia is a very real thing. And I remember being like in the middle of my veganism in one of those weird phases where I like wasn't eating all of these different things. And I knew that orthorexia existed, but I like saw an article about it. And I just remember being like, oh God, like I am so (laughs) deep in this. And I, I remember like at work, like someone had brought cupcakes and they had brought vegan ones for me. And I like still wouldn't let myself eat them because it was like my orthorexic, like, rules were so intense and I just remember being like God from the outside I look like I'm so healthy I look like I'm so like people were always praising me on my discipline with food Mm -hmm. and I just remember being like I'm so fucking tired of this and it's like I've like built myself into this prison that I didn't even mean to but now I like can't get out of it
0: and there would be so much mental warfare going on I would imagine and just so
1: much like and you hear this about people with eating disorders a lot but I think when you have like you know you, you think you're being really healthy until you're not like I would just be thinking all the time about like okay on Friday I'm supposed to go to like so and so's birthday party and we're gonna be at like this restaurant and so I would be like looking at the menu and all this stuff and like that's no way to live it's just exhausting but I was you know I was viewing it from a place of like I'm super healthy until all of a sudden I was like oh this is not crazy healthy this is just you're obsessing over this I do think it's one thing to be like to make sure there's a healthy option at a restaurant you're going to or like make sure, you know, if you know you're really sensitive to certain things to make sure that you plan ahead. But it just was becoming like so out of control. It wasn't
0: worth it. It's very interesting. I actually just had a thought now. I'm thinking back to like guys I've dated, things like that. I actually think once I got into the fitness space and I started dating men that were either personal trainers or whatever else, now that I'm looking back, I'm like, hmm pretty sure all of them were orthorexic. Oh,
1: totally. Yeah. I think it's such a thing with guys. Yeah. I
0: remember dating this guy and he came over and my friend had made, my roommate made this like amazing cake. And I was like, just have a bite. And he was like, I don't know the macronutrient content, so I cannot log it into my phone. For the cost of a bite. So I am not going to have a bite of cake. And I was like, this is the
1: most insane thing I have ever seen happen. Yeah, Is this a joke? I know. I knew a guy like he was like a friend of a friend in uh, college. He was like that. And I, you know, I knew him in college and he was tall and fit and really lean. But some of his some of his friends were like had known him in high school and they're like, yeah, he lost all this weight. He's super regimented, but he was the same way. He had a little journal where he would write like all of his protein, all of this stuff in. And I remember just being like, this is crazy. But I think for men often it's seen as like, yeah, man, you're bulking. You're so like fit and lean. And we don't necessarily look at the same things where in a woman, you would be like, yo, this is fucked up.
0: And I also even think like with my most recent relationship, like he definitely had so many food rules that I just like didn't understand Mm -hmm. and couldn't prescribe to. He was like, oh, I had ice cream yesterday, so I can't have ice cream today. And I'm like, but why? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Like you could have it yesterday, but not today. And I mean, I think it's really, I hope to in the future that orthorexia gets a little bit more attention and recognition as an eating disorder, because I Mm -hmm. think that so many people are susceptible to that. And
1: without even knowing like, oh, this is problematic. (laughs) Like, uh (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think especially, yeah, for men in the fitness, well, I think people in the fitness space, I don't want to generalize, but I think, you know, for them, it's seen as like You're so regimented. This is so amazing. You're so disciplined. Everyone should just be like you when in reality, like they probably aren't having the greatest time with it There is no way they kept
0: me like, I'm sorry. Like I, I, again, I feel like this was why I like failed miserably at having an eating disorder no matter how hard I tried. It was just like when I would see people missing out on those things, I was just like, I want to live my life. And again, like I do think that we can eat foods that make us feel energized and give us vitality and that like I'm not, condoning like fucking I'm just going to eat pizza every day because like I don't want to have an eating disorder it's a definitely requires you to be able to like check in on a lot of things and be more mindful and be like uh, that way you're able
1: to check in and be like what do these foods do for me and is this how I want to feel yeah I think it's I think there's a really fine line and I think that's why it's so hard with orthorexia and any of this stuff is like you're getting healthier you're making all of these healthy choices you feel amazing and then it can just be like this one little tweak that all of a sudden pushes you over over the line to it's not healthy it's not balanced anymore now you're just yeah being cruel and becoming super obsessive Yeah. And I definitely am like a very obsessive person. And I think the older I get, the better I get at recognizing that. But yeah, it's so, I mean, it's even with like fitness, even with yoga or like meditation, like I can get in these spots where I'm like, I need to do this every day. Like I need to meditate every day. And it's like, that's not the point. Calm the fuck down. That is very funny because my sister, she's like,
0: yeah, I did the thing. I meditated every day. And like every time I showed up and I was just like, fuck this. And I was like, that sounds like a great reason to stop and meditate <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hate meditating yeah totally so
0: funny and I would love actually I'm very curious too because I feel like this is a big part of the vegan community to bring it back to veganism is the oh yeah amount of uh, like judgment within the community and what you had to face mm-hmm. being a part of that community
1: Yeah. It's really interesting because I feel like with a lot of diets, it's like pretty black and white or a lot of lifestyle changes. Whereas with veganism, there's all of these different facets. So there's people who are vegan just for health and like what that type of diet does for your body. There's people who do it like just for the environment. Like they're very, you know, cows produce a lot of yes. (laughs) And things that like aren't great for the environment. And so there's a lot of people who are vegan for that reason. And then there's a lot of people who are vegan for the animals, like animal rights. Like they don't necessarily care about the health aspect. They just, you know, are for animal rights. And then there's people who are a combination of a couple of those or, you know, none of those. And so it's hard because even within the vegan community, there are a lot of different communities and they don't all necessarily agree like even here's an example like there are some people some vegans who eat honey as like a sweetener like maybe they don't have sugar but they have honey and then there are other people who are like bees are animals you are really fucked up eating honey bees are dying out and it's ruining the world so like they're even just within that one thing there's a lot of differences and I think you know for me I never quite got to the part of veganism where I wasn't (laughs) buying like leather goods like I remember I had like a pair of fry boots that I was really proud of myself I saved it was like one of my first big adult purchases Mm -hmm. and I would get shit for wearing them all the time and you know just different things like that are like I have I now have two doggos but I had one doggo at the time and I didn't feed her a vegan diet and people would get like Really intense about oh that. God, like I never if you're about
0: that. What the hell? Yeah,
1: it's a big thing. Yeah. People would be like, Well, are you really vegan if you're feeding maxi meat or like animal products? Where dogs actually can be vegan if done correctly. Cats cannot. If you try to feed a cat a vegan diet, like they will die. Dogs you can do, but it has to be really balanced. And I was just like, Maxi is the type of dog who likes the junk food of dog food. Like <laughs> I've tried to give her everything and she wants the cheapest, nastiest dog food. And so yeah, like there's just there's different things like that that were really hard or like, you know, there are, yeah, there's raw vegans who think it's just terrible if you eat like cooked vegan food or vegan food that's like chemicals. There are vegans who are like, we are vegan for this reason, like food substitutes, like we don't eat hot dogs. So like, why would you eat a substitute of a hot dog that's vegan? Like there's a lot of purists in the vegan community. A lot of judgmental
0: people. No, I mean, people in general yeah. are judgmental. And I think that this is a good lesson in being like checking yourself before you start to judge someone else because mm-hmm. it really does not serve any greater purpose. It doesn't serve anybody. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And like people, it's just so funny because I remember being like, hey, I'm like part of your club. Like I'm a vegan too. And still just getting like people can be so mean. And there are so many things like there, a lot of wine is not vegan, which I didn't know because of like how it's huh. processed. And there would be people who would be like, that wine's not vegan. And I was like, I'm 23. I can't afford anything more than this $4 (laughs) bottle of wine. You know, like, yeah, from Trader Joe's. It's two buck Chuck. But like there, there's just so many facets of it and it's impossible to keep up with. And also, you know, there would be people who would be like, okay, well, this is vegan. But like the owner, you know, uses like this blah, blah, blah thing that's not vegan. And it just, there's endless information and it's so exhausting and hard to keep up with. And I was constantly surprised that the community wasn't like kinder because theoretically we're all doing this thing out of like our love for our bodies and the earth and the animals, but it can be really negative for sure. And when I stopped being vegan, I got a yes, lot, of really, yeah, too, got a lot of really, I got a lot of really angry. Would like DM you like, you're the devil. Totally, yeah. So I, I started my Instagram, which is now Donuts and Down Dog. I started it a million years ago as like my <laughs> vegan Instagram where I would post about like veganism and yoga because I was like, I'm sure none of my friends want to hear about this. And so I, yeah, I was trying to be like the opposite of a vegan stereotype Type as Stacia mentioned. So I was like, I'll create this separate account. I didn't tell my friends about it for a really long time. Um, just to post about like veganism and yoga. And so I had a lot of people who for years followed me because I was like vegan and I would talk about veganism. And then I stopped being vegan, which I'll get into like that whole story. And I didn't really say anything on my Instagram, but like I would slowly maybe post like, I remember one time I posted like a salad and it had uh, poached egg on it. And this woman commented and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you putting, like, chicken periods on your salad? Oh like, God. And I was like, okay, ma'am. Whoa. Like, it was a very aggressive comment. And I was like, yeah, it is a real egg. Like, I'm still mostly plant-based, but, like, have started incorporating animal products in. It. And she was just, like, berating me. And it was... I don't need to go into everything she said, but I ended up blocking her because it was just crazy. Wow. And I got a lot of comments from people who were like... An- uh, messages specifically because they're more private people were like I'm so disappointed like this is the whole reason I followed you you were such an example to me and like I feel like you've failed me or like you know yes. I will no longer be following you and my my Instagram and my blog is like a huge part of my income so I definitely had like a, should I just like continue being vegan so I can keep making money like this is mm-hmm. bananas but yeah I had a lot of people who were like from the vegan community who were pretty nasty about me switching and then a lot of people who weren't vegan who were just like yeah, finally, I told you, you wouldn't be able to do it. And I was like, um, I did this for seven years. Like, show me something you've done for seven years, you know, and a lot of people who were like, yeah, I knew you wouldn't make it. And I hated when you were vegan and very honest stuff coming out that I was like, I maybe don't need to know that you have felt like this <laughs> for yeah, the last like seven it's years.
0: None of your business is just as much as your thoughts are none of my business. About yeah. This. So yeah keep it to yourself, exactly. Uh.
1: So it was very interesting to make that switch. And I, I really tried to just not tell people like I you know if I went to any gathering I would always bring like a vegan thing so it wouldn't be a big deal for people and I started just like not bringing vegan stuff and people would be like wait what is this and I'd be like oh yeah I'm not vegan anymore and it would always turn into a thing. So it was very interesting.
0: That is super interesting. And I also think you made a very good point because I think there's also this like dark side of the community because there's a bunch oh, of people totally. that went vegan and now all of a sudden they have that facade to keep up, but they're honestly not yeah. vegan anymore because they felt the thing. same pressure as you yeah. did. And so they're like, shit, I can like, this is what I base my living off of. So I have to pretend. And that that's a really big thing, like, which is just another PSA. Don't believe everything you see on the internet. So
1: <laughs> true. I know there's a, there's an Instagram slash YouTuber. Her name is Rawvana, like raw as in like a raw vegan. And then her name is like V-A-N-A. And she blogged about being raw forever. She has like a really booming YouTube channel. And a few years ago, it was after I stopped being vegan, she was like on vacation or something. And there was a photo of her and there was like non-vegan food in the background. And it was like it just exploded everywhere and people were like, she's been lying to us. And she was like, yeah, I actually like have slowly been stopping being vegan just because like my body feels like Shit. Yeah. No matter what kind of veganism I try. And so I've been incorporating all these other things. But people were like, oh, sending her hate mail. I mean, she has like hundreds of thousands, if not like a million followers. And people were so angry about it. And I think she definitely felt that pressure, Stasia, that you're bringing up of like, I don't like this anymore, but I just like have to keep this up because people will be so angry.
0: Yeah. And that's so crazy that in the first place, people have so much to say about the choices that you make for your life. Like uh, that people yeah, would be so totally. personally offended by what food you choose to put into your body.
1: It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I eventually stopped being vegan for a lot of reasons, but really like the big reason was I just didn't feel very good anymore. Like I had no energy. I was really lethargic. I had a lot of brain fog and you know, I stopped and it was, it was still people were like, how could you? And I was like, I felt like shit. Like no matter what I did, I just had no energy. My body clearly wanted something else. Yeah. And when I finally listened to that call, it was like the lights went back on in my body. I was like, oh, I'm alive again. (laughs) But yeah, it is like I totally see why people don't really make it public or say anything about doing that because people were very not happy with me.
0: Yeah, and do you feel like, I mean, obviously you just shared like overall you weren't feeling that great, but was there like a pivotal moment where you were like, okay, I need, there has to be a better way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was. So at the beginning of 2017, I got in a really bad car accident. I've talked about it before. I gained a ton of weight. 2017 was also the year that I got married. So I was like, you know, getting married. I started a new job. I gained all this weight. I couldn't do yoga. And I really, when this first happened, especially when my weight gain started, I was really like, ah, I'm gaining weight. I'm going to like, you know, try all these things with food. And I just felt terrible. I felt like garbage. And I just kept, you know, when I very first, went vegan, it was a very easy way to be totally honest, to stay really thin, which Mm -hmm. I now recognize as part of my disordered eating popping up. But I, in 2017, I was gaining all of this weight. I felt like shit. You know, I got married and I had like, we had, it wasn't a vegan wedding, but there was a lot of like vegan stuff that I could have. And then a couple months after that, it was Labor Day weekend. And I went on this big trip with a bunch of friends and their partners. And one of the friends who came on it is like a really big planner. And I remember she was organizing with everybody all the meals they would have every day and like who would buy what you know so we weren't just like eating bread for every (laughs) meal or whatever and I remember looking at all of this and I was planning all of my own food and I had gotten married like two months or three months or whatever before and I just had this moment where I was like is this what my entire life is going to be like of planning all of this extra food watching everybody like have all these meals. I had just gotten married, even though Dan and I had been together like the whole time I was vegan. I was like, are Dan and I never going to be able to like just enjoy the same meal and go somewhere and have it be stress-free? Like even just going somewhere for a long weekend, it required so much planning and so much thought on my part. And I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. Like my brain just doesn't want to think about this anymore. I just want to be able to like be a human. And I think if I had been feeling really vibrant and really great in my body um, and eating vegan, I wouldn't have made that change. But no matter what I did with food, like I I didn't have any energy and mentally I just felt like dead. And so that weekend I had had a couple drinks and I looked at Dan and I was like, I don't want to be vegan anymore. And we had been vegan I, we had been vegan. I, Dan is 100% never been (laughs) vegan. I had been vegan the entire time we'd been together. So he'd never known me not as a, I mean, he'd like known me, but he had never dated me not as a vegan. And he was like, okay, like, obviously I'll support you no matter what you do, but like, you know, just do whatever. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm so tired of it. And he was really like, he wasn't like, yay. You know, he was just like, okay, do whatever. And we had been crabbing that day because we were staying at a place on Puget Sound and I remember being like mentally like, okay, if I have some crab that's like really fresh, it's really simple, that'll probably be like the easiest on my stomach. And so I had some crab and like waited because everybody always talks about like, I stopped being vegan and I was like violently ill and I felt fine. And so then... I remember so specifically for some reason that night, we were having lasagna, which is like such a weird thing to have in the summer on like a vacation. But we had lasagna and it was like full of cheese, full of meat. And I was like, I want some lasagna. And Dan was like, are you sure you're going to be super sick? And I was like, I just have to have it. So I had a bunch of lasagna. There was steak. I had a bite of steak and I never once got sick. And I really think it's because my body was just so ready to stop. But it's funny, like I didn't, stop being vegan and then like, just go ham on a bunch of stuff. Like I definitely was like, oh, now I can like eat these things. But, and I tell people this all the time, I would say I'm still like 90% Mm -hmm. plant-based, which plant-based is like a gentler way to refer to like veganism or like I mostly eat like plant-based things but like I will allow myself to have eggs or like some meat or some cheese and it's just a lot less restrictive but yeah that was how I stopped and then I didn't really I think I told like one of my best friends obviously everyone who was on that like trip with us found out and it like just slowly came out I didn't really make an announcement about it and I was like I'm gonna try this out because maybe I'll do it for two weeks and then be like I want to go back to being vegan I don't like this but that was 2017 and it's now 2020
0: so <laughs> no I think that that's a good- point, though, is like giving yourself permission to uh, do something and know that no choice is going to be permanent. So even if you're like, I need to see what this is like not being absolutely and then if I decide, actually, no, maybe that was for me, like, cool. But that you have the, like, just because you always did something one way doesn't mean you can't get curious about what it is like to do something a different totally. way.
1: Yeah. And I just really wanted to try it out. And I remember like being, like telling my husband, like, let's just not really say anything to people. And, you know, I just want to try this out. And then it just kind of stuck. And then like really slowly people found out. I, I never tried to be like, hey, Stacia, I need to tell you something. Because <laughs> like, you know, it was something I always really believed, like, like shouldn't impact other people yeah. my own choices you don't with make a food, food deal about it yeah <laughs> but like people figured it out eventually and then like I would say within the last year I finally got comfortable like writing about it and sharing about it on my blog but I really tried to like never have it be a big deal and it was so funny like the moment I started incorporating non-vegan food like I had so So much energy. I felt satiated. So that was like a problem with the last couple months of being vegan. Is I felt like no matter how much or what I ate, I like never could feel full. I never felt satiated. And once I incorporated like non-vegan food into my diet, I felt satiated. I felt really energized. Like my skin cleared up. It was just it was time for my body. And I think that's you know I always said I'll be vegan as long as it feels good. I never said like I'm gonna be vegan forever. And I'm really glad that I said (laughs) that because my body just I never thought it would happen. But one day my body just was like, this is not right for me anymore. And it switched. Well, that's awesome
0: that you were able to listen to your body and to make that switch. and I, try. And I think that that's really <laughs> important for anybody who's considering, honestly, any type of diet, but especially veganism. Yeah. But like, ask yourself the question: Why do you want this for yourself? Because I totally. think you can probably stop an eating disorder in its track if you're actually like, "Oh, I want to do this so that I have control over my food and rules around what I eat, so that I can lose weight yeah. and be healthy." And the- again like i'm not a registered dietitian or somebody that can make recommendations on what you should or should not be eating but it's just as far as from a mindfulness place asking yourself before you make any decision like that why do you really want that for yourself can be a helpful totally launching pad and a great point to start and again not that being a vegan is bad it just can often like you it become a mask for disordered eating and other things so it's just something to be mindful
1: of totally no and I like still I think it's so funny because I still think being vegan is so great and I still like really support people who've been vegan or who are vegan I know so many people like it's so funny. I became vegan in 2011 and it was pretty like alternative then and now it's like really common for people to like try being vegan and I get people all the time on Instagram who are like, "Have you ever considered being vegan?" or like, "I would love to like hear your thoughts on this." And I'm like, "You don't want me to go <laughs> onto my." Life. You don't want to hear what I have to say, but I do think it's really cool when people do it because I do think it's very important to explore yeah. your own body and your own nutrition and what makes you feel really good and what doesn't make you feel good. But it's it's so so funny that now veganism is like like Kim Kardashian's plant-based and Beyonce's plant-based. And I'm like, okay, I did this a long time ago before it was cool. Also, Beyonce <laughs> did the master cleanse. So you shouldn't necessarily always do what celebrities are doing. Yeah, <laughs> don't, And also like Kim Kardashian for sure has ass implants. So just <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, I do think it's, you know, it, it's funny to see it getting so much like traction now because uh I felt like for a lot of when I was vegan people were like oh you're so weird that's so alternative and I was like no it's like good for you and now everyone's like veganism is so good for you and I'm like oh you are the same people that were giving me so much crap (laughs) though
0: I think that those are all really good points and I really am happy that you were able to share this story with us all yeah I'm always happy to talk
1: about it yeah and I do think it can be really great I just think like you made the really good point of like ask yourself and your body like why am I doing this and that was for me I finally realized that I wasn't doing it from a good place and I didn't feel good and so that helped guide me to not being vegan. Anymore. imagine
0: if we just did things because we based it off on how it makes us feel as opposed to what we should be doing I'm like that <sighs> was like a mind-blowing concept like oh does this diet make me feel good no it makes me feel awful terrible and I hate myself hmm maybe I should do something that makes me feel yeah. good. And I don't mean from like an impulsive uh, addiction place. Like uh, it's not just a free for all just because I say, do what makes you feel good, <laughs> like uh, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely take that with a grain of salt. But I do think that that's just such an important thing when it comes to your overall wellness, that really focusing on doing things from a place of how does this make me feel versus, I need this because if I don't have this, bad things will happen. So you're making the choice from fear as opposed to something.
1: Yeah. And I think if you get, if you get to a spot where it's like too restrictive, that's a good touch point. And if it is really restrictive and you know, like, Hey, I'm doing this because I don't want to deal with the stress of being in quarantine or whatever, if you're aware of it, that's, okay to an extent, but yeah, just check in with yourself. There's a quote, uh, one of my favorite yoga teachers said once in class, Stacia, you've probably heard it, but it's stop shooting on yourself. Yes. And I always, <laughs> am like, uh, cause should, I feel like is, a way more dangerous word than we give it yeah. credit for being like it's just everywhere and you all, like I always tell myself oh I should get up early I should you know do blah and blah it blah and it's like it says who so, exactly yeah <laughs> according to exactly. whose standards are you
0: listening to your own standards of what you should be doing because generally when you should do something it's because you feel some external pressure and that is not always going to be lead to the happiest healthiest life I don't know just saying truth bomb yeah
1: <laughs> so true so
0: true Yeah, well, I would love to wrap this up by hearing about what your yay for the day is, girlfriend.
1: Oh, my yay for the day. Let's see. Well, this is like not the most... Sexy. Okay, do, you don't need to downplay know, your game. I know, okay? I, knew, I knew as I was starting to say that that you were going to say that exact thing. But I got a new computer, which Station and I were talking about earlier. I know everybody's working from home right now, so they're like all really feeling this. But when you work for yourself, you don't have like tech support, <laughs> which is so hard. And so I've had this really old computer and it's just like, I feel like every month it's been something else. And so I like saved up money and bought myself a new one and it came and it has made my life so much easier and less stressful and i am just really excited about it and now i feel like i can go to work on things from a place of ease versus a place of like what is gonna be a disaster yeah no that's so important especially like it's a
0: treat for yourself but it honestly takes a lot of stress out of your day-to-day work when a lot of your work is done on a computer like having a functioning totally. computer is so
1: important it's so <laughs> important so yeah that's been like my big yay and I like got it so I set it up all by myself this weekend and then my secondary so yay you don't need a tech I know, support I know don't, I don't, you got need, this, I don't so. need IT um, actually no I do I really need <laughs> IT my secondary yay is I just finished reading this book I'll link it in the show notes it's called Integrity by Henry Cloud and he is a psychologist and it's just all about like the psychology of integrity and what it really means when we say someone has character and he has all these great case studies. Nice. And I really, I really enjoyed reading it. I learned a lot from it. So that's my awesome. yay. That sounds What's like a yours, Stacia? <laughs> oh, wait, I have one more yay. I have one more Oh, yay. yeah, please tell me. My last yay is that our May Book Club read, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I ordered it and it came yesterday and awesome. I paid more for it than I would have paid on Amazon because I really wanted to order from a local bookstore. So awesome. I, and I highly recommend if you guys have like the, the financial means to do that, if you're able to support a local business, do it. And they wrote me like such a cute little note. And I just Aww. made me feel so much better than getting yet another Amazon package. So that's my third no, day. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I'm so excited. Like my sister, my mom, I have people messaging me
1: about the book club and they're like, "When yeah. does it
0: start? What doing so we're really excited to get to do our guys we are so excited (laughs) yeah
1: and I know we got we've gotten some questions on Instagram that are like when does it start what do I need like all you need to do is read the book at some point during May and then we'll talk about it we want this to be like very chill very relaxed we're not going to give you like you have to read and to this page by this day. (laughs) (laughs) That's something you need to do
0: to like participate and join. Obviously, if you have questions that you want to have answered or discussed in our book club discussion, like please send them our way. Yeah,
1: Yeah. all you need to do is... It's just something fun to know other people are reading the same book as you. And if you don't read the book all the way through, that's totally fine. No one cares. We won't tell.
0: (laughs) No judgment at all.
1: No judgment ever. Okay, after my just monologue that I gave you. Stacia, what is your yay for the day?
0: I have, I feel like this one's like so woo-woo and this isn't like... Tell me. That doesn't mean that it's bad. I'm just saying like this one's out there, guys. But I had a session for therapy so yay therapy I do that yay every other week and I'm very grateful to have the resources to be able to have access to that so again grateful for therapy it's helped me so much but my therapist was talking as we were talking about going through quarantine and different things and he was like I was talking about like joy and he was like okay well what is it that's bringing you joy like what where can you find joy and uh, so i started to share and i feel like that these they end up being my days for the days but they're the most simple subtle thing but when you really like stop to enjoy a moment you can really get so much out of it mm-hmm. i had biked over to my sister's place and she was running late for us to do our daily walk and so i was just standing in the driveway like okay whatever and then this gust of wind came And all of a sudden, this giant cherry blossom tree just rained down on me. And like, I felt like I was like in a movie and there was like slow-mo cameras all around and I was just like being snowed on by these flower petals. Yeah, like (laughs) it felt so epic. And I was just like, what a beautiful moment. And I wouldn't have had that if my sister had been on time or if I had Mm -hmm. been like looking at my phone, but I was like sitting there and just like being fully present in just a really simple... Moment brought to me by Mother Nature. And it was just, it was really <laughs> special. And so, it's so, That's really so simple. And uh, another one related to that, because this was just really cool. I was on a walk and I walked past this pasture that had two horses in it. And I was like, oh, pretty horses. And then they just started going like absolutely crazy, like in a good way, not like a scary way. But they just started, <laughs> I was like, uh... <laughs> they just started like performing for me. And they were like, running around and like galloping and like kicking up their back legs and like playing together and like just frolicking through this field and I just stopped for like 10 minutes and was just staring in awe at them and then this guy walked by and he was like man they must be smitten with you I walk by here all the time Ah, and I have never seen them and he was like I have never seen them do this and I was like oh Yep, I'm just a horse whisperer. (laughs) And maybe I am a
1: horse whisperer. So it's
0: just been like this last week has just been really, you know... Like taking advantage of those little moments, especially in quarantine times. It's like, truly, pretty much all I have are the small moments. And that's totally great because those are so worthy of appreciation and celebration because there is so much. It's like, it's like those like cheesy memes about relationships where it's like, like you asked Johnny Cash, like, what's your idea of the perfect day or whatever? It's like coffee with you or whatever. And it's like, it really is the simple things when you can learn to appreciate those. So that was just another good reminder like going through with my therapist and being like, oh, like these simple things really do have the power to make me feel joy. It's not like once I own the mansion and have the millions and like life is figured out that all of a sudden then I find joy. It's like, no, I can find joy today in even the simplest of things.
1: Totally. I do think that that's like kind of a blessing of this whole quarantine thing is it's forcing everybody to slow down and like none of us are like going to bars and going to concerts all the like big stuff so you have to just really appreciate the like tiny tiny moments because that's all we have (laughs) (laughs) that's all we have there's nothing else (laughs) there's nothing else happening we are on day one
0: million I do think it's really funny I was talking with someone yesterday and I was like I feel like it's so interesting that we, I feel like for a long time, I was like, man, if there was just a pause button, like, so I could just catch up, that I would know. be so great. I and know. Then the world is like, here you go. And I was
1: like, wait, shit. No, I don't actually want this.
0: This is terrible. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I know. It
1: was so crazy. This weekend, I, so I live in like the middle of the city in like a pretty congested neighborhood. And at night you could hear frogs, Whoa. which I guess has like never happened. And somebody in my, if you're not on Nextdoor guys, get on Nextdoor. <laughs> it's like the the unsung hero of the social media world. But somebody in, on my, in my neighborhood on Nextdoor was like, this is the first time this has happened in 25 years I've lived here just because like everything's slowing down and like it's really quiet at night. There's not cars driving, but like how cool to know that there's like frogs in our neighborhood that Aww. we probably never would have heard or appreciated otherwise. I
0: love that. Yeah. What a good little
1: happy insight happy insight so our next episode we have a mini sode coming that I think you guys will love but our next full length episode Stacia and I are going to switch a little bit so she just interrogated me (laughs) on being vegan which I loved it's one of my favorite things to talk about and on our next episode I'm going to interview Stacia and ask her some questions about codependency and what it means to be codependent so let us know if you guys have any questions about that I have a million questions it's not something that I know a ton about. But yeah, we appreciate you guys listening so much. We appreciate your likes, your reviews, your subscribes. Um, We'll give a call out to a really great review in the next episode. Stacia, do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I'm I'm excited for
0: the episode next week because it's funny. I remember it was actually something that you said that reminded me of my journey through like discovering codependency. Like when you read something about orthorexia and you're like, huh, okay, I'm just going to tuck that away to like, I don't want to deal with that. And like, I remember my first time going to therapy and like, my therapist kept mentioning codependency. And I was like, whatever like independent woman don't need no man like I'm not codependent and realizing what just no I had no idea what it was and then once I found out what it was it was like oh oh wow so I think it's something that is getting talked about more and it's something I think to some level a lot of us struggle with without even knowing that there's like a name for it like A lot of times it can be really subtle, and it's not necessarily something that's detrimental to your life. For me, it was pretty detrimental, but (laughs) we'll get
1: into that. So I just, I'm excited
0: to discuss that topic. It's something I'm very passionate about. So I look forward to getting to share my story with you all and we appreciate you so very much for listening for reaching out and texting us and sending us messages letting us know like how much you're loving this like seriously keep us going so we
1: literally die a little bit of happiness (laughs) every time it's always like a
0: "Ah!" yeah this brings us so (laughs) much joy so uh, we just want to celebrate you and also join us in may for our yay for the Day challenge where we'll be celebrating gratitude every single day It's going to be lit. It's going to be May.
1: (laughs) Um, It's going to be May. Yeah. Thank you guys. We love you. And don't forget, hey, you got this.